Well, well hello. hello! Welcome to another edition of Chalk Talks by Miss Deborah Luberts and, and Mr. Mr. Michael Herlin. Well, hello, hello. How are you? Snowy afternoon. Yes, I can't believe the size yeah. of that hail that was just coming down. Crazy, crazy. Yes. So and, here we are again. And I'll tell you, it was tough sometimes to make sure the students were engaged watching the snowfall. Mm-hmm. And so, um, kind of led us to today's topic: factors of engagement. And we want to, and I want to thank. We want to thank um, really the podcast. Not only are we podcasters, but we're also listeners to other podcasts. And so, the Ten Minute Teacher Podcast, great one to look up, by the way. Um, was talking about engagement and referenced some of this material that we're going to talk about today, um, which is um, by GoGuardian, which is one of our websites and applications we use, about the state of engagement report. So we're going to highlight um, some key parts of it today and possibly another time as well. Yes, we want to do a couple of different series because we both found it um, pretty fascinating, um, especially... Yes, it was so engaging. <laughs> but I think especially at this time is like having us like have that um, reflection of our own practice and and maybe gaining a deeper understanding of why kids aren't engaged or why they are engaged or how we can get them more engaged. And so that's a huge, huge thing, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the factors of engagement? Well, um, according to this, you know, the, again, the Go Guardian report here. Um, again, factors such as the whole uh, the whole ecosystem of the of the district, and so it could be the district, the school, the classroom, the individuals themselves, and there's all different kinds of, as they say, levels of engagement that can, depending on what's triggered, can either engage a student more or can kind of pull them away. Yeah, so we want to talk about um, some of the factors that play into the classroom in particular, because right now, of course, our classroom can be split between online and um, in person, since we are in this hybrid model. And it's like, how do you create engagement? So they defined it as like a buzz of energy. And, and I don't know, have you noticed a difference in that buzz since we've been in hybrid? In person, absolutely. Yes. I think, um, you know, and that's the sort of the magic thing you're trying to figure out is in person it's a little easier because you're there physically and you can read them better than on the screen. You can see physically what they're doing. And granted, GoGuardian is a wonderful tool, um, you know, for checking their engagement online. Mm-hmm. But still, I think they're more engaged when they're here. Yes, I do too. Um, and, and it's a it's a different type of engagement. Um, whereas, like it, in their homes, they're a little bit more distracted and or just overly <laughs> relaxed. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the places that sometimes that they're even taking class is in their rooms or or whatever. So, um, so I just we I just would like I kind of wanted to think about it in terms of a definition and the the researchers that they provided were Ostros and Willems, and mm-hmm. they defined engagement as the magnitude of a student's participation and identification with school values. And I, I guess I've mm-hmm. always just thought of engagement as um, the student's interest, but by adding the school's values, that takes it up a notch, I think, because it's like, how do we instill the values of being engaged in in 
they're learning. It truly has students. to. It truly has to be something at every level of their experience. Mm -hmm. Which you know, like you said, going back to the to the beginning there, that you know the engagements at a, at the district level, like how do they feel about the district? How do they feel feel about the school in general? Mm -hmm. You know, what do they feel like they're part of the system? Do they feel, you know, do they have that buy-in? Right. You and know. so we, what we looked at is um, this triangle, like I had to draw the visual in my mind as I was reading it, because it's that if we're going to be teaching them the ideas of engagement and how to do it, we have to think about how do we engage them emotionally? Because if they had a bad experience with a mm -hmm. class subjects before they might get an attitude about themselves uh like well i'm just not a good good, what good right. whatever historian mm -hmm. reader right. and it just it might just be that they just had a bad experience um mm -hmm. behaviors what does an engaged student look like mm -hmm. and then um cognition obviously academics like how um so the cognitive behavioral and emotional triangle and i feel like as teachers that we're sort of at the center of that so with they, the student you really so, have to be yeah yeah so um, well, what are some of the the classroom factors that influence engagement well, we, we did they identified four and i think they're pretty they're pretty accurate yeah so how do you, so we thought that maybe what we should do is just mm -hmm. start talking through each of the points and sure. if it if it lasts a little bit longer we might extend mm -hmm. the series um sure. to more than one part so there's they they defined it as there were four parts that can influence the efficiency of a student's learning experience. One is the design and form of the information being shared. Two is the classroom culture. Three is the instructional practices implemented by a teacher. And four is the structure and activities of a lesson. So that lesson is like they're having to be the last piece of the puzzle. So should we start with yeah, one? Yeah, and I think I just want to point out too that as they did, um, that it also applies to the distance, you know, distance learning or remote learning in the sense that what's the design of the learning system? Yes. So, for example, you know, we have Schoology mm -hmm. and we have GoGuardian to help us with engagement. So, the, you know, again, the design of the system, the demands of the content and the quality of the teacher. Right. So those are all factors. And um, again, just like traditional classrooms, it's again, it's a multimodal system. Yes. So. Um, yeah, so our first one then is the design, um, design of the inform of the information being shared. So, what did you think about what they said about that? Well, I think I think the design, um, I think from where you you were talking about it, um, it's like how do you meet the kid where they're at? So, as we're planning our design. Um, you know, of course, the goal is not um, to create confusion of the context, but I feel like the, it says teach with what the kids are interested in. It's so personalized. It's personalized, but it's relevant mm -hmm. and relatable to their lives. So it's like I think about how I've heard other um, teachers, and I don't use this, but I'm, I'm. It's piqued my interest after this. Mm -hmm. Is like, how do you use? snapchat TikTok, because yeah. they're it's so intuitive it's to at. them they're mm -hmm. engaged with it so yeah. why aren't we using these um tools and education in order to aid their learning yeah so so that best, was one that i yeah took so away. the best practice as they as they mentioned was to differentiate to their you know and so um what they had mentioned in here actually too was that um 
they call it the zone of proximal development, the, the area of growth between being able to easily achieve a goal with unaided assistance and achieving goal only with full guidance from another. And that was um, Camponi Brown, Brown Bryant in 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it, it just kind of showed how using content that's above a student's level can, and it makes sense, can, it's almost so obvious, but sometimes you forget. Right. And if you have content above too. their level, they're going to, of course, they're going to be disengaged. Sure. Um, and for some students, that, that engages them more. You mm-hmm. know, that's the other fine balance because if you give, if you throw down a challenge, to, to a kid that's a little bit above their level, yeah. then you're also inviting them to stretch. Um, it's to, finding that balance mm-hmm. between not, what's the whole three little bears thing? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too, yeah. what is it, not too soft, the mattress, is it the mattress? Yeah. Um, not yeah, too it's soft, the bed, yeah. not too hard, just right. Just right, right. yeah, the yeah. food, not too hot, not what, too cold. the food or the just bed? Right. The whole place. Oh, the whole bed, everything. The whole place, everything. Right. I gotta she go was, back and look at that. She was trying to figure it out. Um, she in, was trying to find it, making it just right. And, and how the challenge and um, why it's never uninteresting or unengaging for us is that, you know, with kids, you could have a, a different uh, Goldilocks in oh, every yeah. single seat, yeah. right? So um, It's a really masterful thing you got to try to do where you're trying to sort of meet everybody where they're at you don't want to make it too difficult because they won't buy into because they don't know what's going on they don't make it too easy because it's like this is stupid right so then it's finding that balance right and i and i thought like i thought that i found um the one um point that they were making is that there are factors that you can control as a teacher like the culture if you have a culture of engaged student that Mm -hmm. that you create that culture to um within your classroom the also the other thing is having the relationship building the relationships Mm -hmm. that are positive and productive Mm -hmm. with uh teachers and students and consistency 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 (laughs) and that was my problem for many years it still is sometimes but Mm -hmm. i think that's what makes you a better teacher is being consistent mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a huge thing um yeah. and and i think that that students need to know um i did agree with the point that they made that teachers are dedicated to the long-term success of the students so it's like that they know that we're teeing them up for what learning experiences they're going to step into mm-hmm. um at the higher levels but also that um that there, we're with them for those short-term milestones uh milestones and goals um also so um yeah i felt like that was that was an important point that they made um i think was there anything that you found that um that you questioned about the about this uh, part of it at least just this well i guess if i could get kind of what you did if i could kind of do a once over two Yes. Um, like the best practice of making it relevant, relatable. Yes. That sounds easy, but it's not always. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have to know what they're into. So. Um, right. So that's something you mentioned before, you know, um, like the whole Snapchat or the TikTok, trying to meet them where they're at. Yeah. And, uh, and they know. gave some really concrete um, advice about what you could put in your room just to make it more engaging. So that um, my son used to always say to me, I love the classrooms where you could always learn something 
even if you weren't interested in what what the teacher was presenting or you knew what the teacher was presenting you could look around the room and you could still be learning at the same time so they suggested um murals they suggestivated yeah (laughs) um motivating posters um we had learniture when when we we had all this learniture where you know we had flexible seating they had standing desks we had um desks where they were like a big exercise ball for kids that needed to be Mm -hmm. um moving around um couches traditional Mm -hmm. desks um but teachers that just display the student work um yeah yeah. and 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 i know a challenge for us is that seamless um integration of technology yeah you know because actually leads to new yeah the whole idea of digital content is designed with the, the the intent to enable focus so what I really took away from that is for something, which actually I learned, I forget, must have been something I read or so, somewhere, but that, for example, videos. If you have students watch videos and they're 20 minutes, 15 minutes long, forget it. Yeah, you're going to lose you them. You have to get that magic sort of between three to seven, eight minutes max. Um so that, because that's otherwise it's too yeah. much for them to think about yes. because in the process and we even yeah. see that as we present um information in class you know new teachers will come up to me and say well why are they all just looking at me mm-hmm. you know do they not get it and i said well a lot of times they're just trying to process what you asked them to do you and, know so according they, to the research so yes make sure we're, you know, yes sticking to the point google kim and ruben 2014 <laughs> mentioned that the effective um, the effective, the optimal length of content is six minutes or less. Oh, that's great. So look at that. Yeah. Brilliant. Look at that. Right. You yeah. were in the sweet spot. Yep. Um, you had mentioned the other thing is student choice. Yes. We had yeah, that yes. with those playlists mm-hmm. and, um, well, and the kids you just triggered some, go ahead. Though. Go ahead. No, you no, go, 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 go. No, you go. Really? Sure. Yeah. All right. What you triggered was yes. With the playlist and personalized learning. Sorry guys. Um, we, this is the way we are. Yeah. This is so the way we are. Yeah. what it triggered was that as I mentioned before, not to enable focus. If you don't, if you design your playlist and they got to scroll all over the place, all over, you know, to find something, if the directions aren't crystal clear, if the links don't work, you have to be strategic. Like even on websites, when a page loads, you want the main stuff that you want to be on the main screen that's there. Right. Because people don't want to deal with it. Right. So and, we have to you, think the same way. And the other thing that brought to mind that, that they spoke a lot about in this is creating that sense of urgency. So if you are somebody that does a playlist, mm-hmm. on learning playlist, it's good to have a pacing guide and a due date so that you hold yes. them accountable to that oh, um, That's interesting because that, that was also mentioned. Look at, Look at us. I, I think we're, we're going on the circuit. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, hitting the road and, I, and another best practice in the same area that um, classroom factors and influence engagement is the whole idea of, of that relationship part yeah the positive and productive student teacher relationship um two-way communication about creating that culture and culture is not only in the classroom it's in the building it's in the district yeah and it's, that all inflects engagement it's at home you know it's mm-hmm. even at home and we'll get into um when we get i mean i hope that we talk about you know the last piece of that um well our district had that we where people feel valued inspired and heard yes and that's a fact again when students feel valued they're going to be willing to give it a try 
even if it's something they're not even sure about. Yes. And that's huge. And I do think also, um, and the way to create that sense of value is giving them that the concrete feedback they also discussed giving timely feedback and and yep. and regular regular enforcement yeah regular checks to make sure that they're mm-hmm. understanding even in an online environment yes and so then yes. reteaching the sooner you reteach then that's empowering for them right yep. yeah um i do i did in terms of the productive side so i just did a list for mm-hmm. positive the productive side i had some notes that productive is just a couple of those things that I just mentioned um, with the regular checks, the feedback, the reteaching right away. Um, also, having clear objectives and directions um, and having kids, this one was most important for me. Um, how do you teach them how to develop those metacognitive skills? Oh, yeah. So like, yes. so one way that we do that um, is, um, and I, I, I won't speak for you, one way that I do that. I think I know what you're gonna say though. Is when I'm, modeling oh, how to do see? close reading yes i i am asking myself i'm out thinking loud. out loud yes so that they can oh i love it yeah and we'll yes. ask them okay so why uh-huh. why are you arriving at this so that's they're thinking awesome. about their thinking which yes, is great I, okay okay that's good see? stuff yeah it's good good stuff right. um the well, other one well, was tell you my star yeah go ahead here. you you go ahead I, i'm like this is getting me excited i know it's it's um, great it's it's it's, it's engaging oh see <laughs> but here's my Here's my main thing, and I, we talked about this before. If they are engaged, they're meeting our expectations, right? Mm-hmm. But, and this is the big question, of, it's, this was so huge for me, I don't know why, but it was. If they're not engaged, it's like you wonder to yourself, at least I do, I'm sure you do too, like what's going on? And so they really, this again, Go Guardian, um, in this report came up with really two suggestions, two questions to ask yourself. If they're not engaged, are my expectations unclear? Mm-hmm. And number two is the content over their heads. Yes. So again, articulating clear objectives and directions enables students to more deeply engage with the lesson. And then, and then you facilitate. You don't. Mm-hmm. You, you facilitate yes. also. Um, so mm-hmm. they made a yep. point. In here, it is clear that an environment in which a teacher is a facilitator, students are able to engage by owning the majority of the cognitive yeah. effort in the learning experience, meaning that... Who's doing most of the work? Them. Bingo. Because we want to build their, their brain muscles, mm-hmm. Mr. Harlan. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, the other one I liked um, is we, how, do you, how do you encourage productive play and this is something that I would like us to be thinking about in our classrooms because they talked about encouraging that productive play and creative expression. Oh. So, yes. Oh man, this is good. <laughs> if we only had this on video, it'd be worse. But <laughs> no, but yeah, because you know what? I have to. I'm proud because I have to say, I read through this, and you know, you really reflect and say, how can I better? And I've done this really throughout the years, but. Like today, we we talked about the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments, mm-hmm. Reconstruction Amendments, you know, freedom for the slaves, voting rights, etc. Right. So this one girl who's hilarious, she dressed up as Lincoln oh, and awesome. made a video clip because yes. they had the choices of how they want to demonstrate. Mm-hmm. So they had to put in their own words, the amendment, and then they had to do either a bumper sticker or whatever, you know, act yes. it out. 
So she, of course, wanted to act it out. It was awesome. So that reminds me of what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and it's not only engaging for the kids. It's fun for me. It's fun. For, it is. It makes it more interesting yes. than if they just turn in a paper mm -hmm. and um and kind of put that amendment in their own words. Um. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so th they just gave a bunch of different examples with board games and um, online and offline activities, which I think is really good. Mm -hmm. um, what else did you... I think for probably, I think, you know, as a wrap-up, oh, maybe we should probably good... do another do another uh, week of, of continue on this because we still have a lot to go. Yes. Uh, like we could you know, probably next week we'll look at, you know, what are some of the structure and activities of a lesson that can make it effective and more engaging. Yep. And then what are some of the things that encourage, that influence student engagement to kind of get into that some more? Yeah, more about the environment yeah. of the yep. classroom and mm -hmm. um, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so so we'll pick up next week at um, just teaching them, just teaching them um, like tricks of the trade, like yeah. those mnemonics, just just things that, that puts the learning Student back choice, in there. Yeah, they make maybe caricatures yep. or mm -hmm. um, like our my kids are gonna be doing a they're gonna be researching their own creation myths. And oh. so and so then how are they gonna present it? Mm. Because they're not gonna stand in front of the room. So it's like they're gonna now have an opportunity to be like their own host That's of awesome. a TV show yeah. where they introduce like Creative um, myths from Native Native Americans, which will be fun to watch. That, it actually integrates well with what we're talking about in seventh grade. Mm. Amazing. It's amazing. So to wrap Teamwork up, teamwork makes the dream work. It does. Yes. So to wrap up, what would say? What would you say was your number one takeaway? And I know we're putting each other on the spot here, but um, for you, what was the thing that really hit you the hardest, or really impacted you? through this engagement report make it relevant and make it relatable okay. to what's going on with the kids lives in terms of how using the tools that they're already using um, from social media mm -hmm. and um, or snapchat TikTok. they have the so tools yeah, yeah right at their hand and yeah. I need to incorporate more of that into my own Mm -hmm. instruction in my design which is that we only got to the first one Isn't that something? and we're we're, we're going to talk cool. about four so we're only just halfway through only just begun to live <laughs> is that right yeah. yeah i think so so <laughs> and as far as my takeaway i think is for me as i mentioned earlier about to say it again if they're not engaged in my wonderful lesson i thought i did so wonderful on why? Why aren't they? If there is anyone, of course, that's not. Yes. You know, I mean, it never happens. Very rarely. But, you know, in, in maybe in your class. Yeah. But yeah, if it does happen, like for me, that was a big thing. Yes. It really helped me to say. I need to go back to the am drawing I, am board. I clear? And is, is it because I, I think for me, it's sometimes the content, <coughs> excuse me, the content is too over their heads. Yes. And so, so, so. Are they are they disengaging? Getting back to the why are they disengaging, and um, not just proceeding with the lesson, like getting getting back to that, so that um, we make sure that you know we're taking everybody along the journey um, with what they're trying to learn. Um, okay, so today we talked about the design and um, form of the information being shared. That was the first one of the factors for student engagement. And 
I think for both of us, uh, the key factor is, first of all, creating that culture within our classrooms. And like Mike um, was just talking about, also going back to always questioning why aren't they disengaged? Why? Mm -hmm. and, and so that we can provide the tools that they need so they can find success. Exactly. Okay. All right. So, so where do we go from here? Onward and upward, I guess. Okay. So, so next, next week, week we'll talk a, a little bit about the second one. Yeah. We'll fit. We'll kind of wrap this up, and then we'll talk about how to create. Um, just share what we learned and what we found um, interesting about a, classroom a, culture. Sure. What an engaged and, classroom does. And yeah, and maybe instructional practices. Yeah. So we'll see where we get. I'm excited. Me too. And so that's that great. just a little bit of how the chalk crumbles. crumbles. Yes. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Oh, thank you.